Imagineville Podcast Network. Mark Burnett likes his tiki torches. Tiki torches. <laughs> Welcome to Super Familiar with the Wilsons. I'm Josh. I'm Amanda. And let's go ahead and get on into it, Amanda. Today we're going to do another round of We Wonder. And actually this We Wonder has two, two parts, two sections to it. Then I'd like to talk about a TV show that we've been watching. And then you have something or another, correct? I just have a thing I want to say. Okay, good. All right, well, let's get to it then. We are wondering. What are you wondering? Sometimes I'll think of something funny to say when other people are talking, and when they finish, I've forgotten. I'm choosing to believe that that's my brain protecting me from myself. Yes, and also protecting the other person from realizing that you weren't listening to what they were saying and just formulating your funny response. Yeah, that's true. I I think in general, my brain uh, also doesn't think I'm funny. So, (laughs) The hardest thing I did at work last week was trying to determine if a stoplight was in that grainy CAPTCHA photo. It's always like stoplights or bicycles or whatever. And then I pick all the things and then it moves me to another thing because it doesn't believe my answers. When there, if, if it's not in the square, it's, well, if it's in the square and you're saying I'm not picking it, it's way back in the distance. And I don't think that that's ADA compliant. Ooh, that's a really good point. CAPTCHA is definitely not ADA nope. compliant. But don't they have an audio version of it as well? They probably do. Next. Telling you that I love you is my love language. Your love language apparently is telling me that I misspelled there and your. <laughs> that's not my love language. That's just my need for correct grammar. Question. Yes? Would zombie cows like hamburgers? Oh. Amanda. Josh. I'd like a do-over on this year's New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I'd like a do-over on this year. But My what- New Year's resolutions for 2020 were to get out more and meet new people. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's funny and sad. Amanda. Josh. I think being in a sleeping bag is the closest people can get to being inside a banana. Oh, I bet they make sleeping bags that look like bananas. I bet they do. Speaking of which, I'm starting to save up banana peels so that I can low-key eat sticks of butter in front of my friends. <laughs> so gross. I wonder, when historians look back at 2020, what are some of the things that they're going to say about 2020? We both come from a, a pretty evangelical, or at least I do an evangelical church background. We both come from a pretty... Um, indoctrinated church background and so like I just can't keep getting I just can't get out of my head 2020 was the year that the end times really kicked in like I just feel like that's what every conservative Christian is thinking right now well it's funny because it has to do with one of my my possible predictions 2020 is the year that proved that God is an introvert (laughs) why because he wants us all inside (laughs) 2020 is the year that Five Guys Burgers changed their name to Three Guys Physically Distanced Burgers. (laughs) Sorry, that made me call. 2020 is the year where a record number of people took up ventriloquism. Huh? Oh, 
the mask. Speaking of which, 2020 is the year that lipstick sales went down and breath mint sales went up. I know. Because, well, first of all, it's really hard for me. I don't wear very much makeup at all. But the one thing that I would that I do wear is is lip gloss or lipstick or chapstick or something. And so it's really hard for me to not... I still put it on, but then it comes off immediately on my mask. What is the point of putting it on other than moisturization? And also, have you accidentally picked up somebody else's mask and put it on? It's not a great thing. The 13-year-old and I have very similar masks. Hers is black. Mine's a really dark blue that we got from the same company. And so they, they look alike, have the same tag. We keep them in the same place in the car. And every once in a while, we'll grab the wrong one. And it's, you know, like you're okay with what your mouth smells like. You're not okay with what other people's mouths smell like. 2020 is the year that the most popular Halloween costumes were children wandering around without masks on. <laughs> 2020 is the year where society ghosted itself. (laughs) That's true. And then lastly, 2020, this is my own personal prediction. 2020 is the year where mayonnaise finally reached therapeutic levels in my bloodstream. (laughs) That's also true. And those are my wonders. One of the things I wanted to talk about was this new TV show that we're watching. Is it new? I don't even know if it's new. It is. It's 2020. I don't know. It was filmed in October of last year. I just saw the commercial this weekend and, or last Friday, and so we, we found it on Amazon Prime. And what's it called? It is called The World's Toughest Race, the Eco Challenge Fiji. So it's hosted by Bear Grylls. Um, and if you're not familiar with who Bear Grylls is, he's an English presenter who did Man vs. Wild, and he got into a little bit of trouble when it was discovered that, well, the conceit of the show Man vs. Wild is that he would be dropped somewhere in a harsh location, and he would survive, and and he would show the audience how he was ostensibly surviving. Well, it came to light that he would film scenes and then either go back to a tent or a hotel room in some (laughs) cases, and there was one very egregious case where it was it was blatantly stated that he was stranded on an island um, near Hawaii, and it came out that he would film his scenes and then go to a, a, a nice hotel. And so that's Bear Grylls. He um, he offered a very tepid apology, something to the effect of, "Sometimes when you're involved with parts of a project, you don't really know everything that's going on." It, something that wasn't believable because, again. It's not like he woke up in the hotel room. What happened? Where, where am I? How did they I get him here? There against his yeah, will. Yeah, no. So he, and in general, he has kind of struck me as someone who's had an air of overly enthusiastic fakery. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I would describe him as the Tim Tebow of British Survivor presenters. He kind of <laughs> has that vibe to me. You've just angered half of your Gainesville audience. I'm all right. Um. Yes. But anyway, this show is great. This Eco Challenge or e- Eco Race show is great, and I love it. So I didn't have a bear experience before this. I didn't watch Man vs. Wild. So my only experience with him right now is that he shows up in a helicopter every once in a while. And so I think we he, we discussed he probably films all of these scenes in post where he pretends like he can see the teams on the ground. I do want to say that I much preferred the show Survivor Man starring Les Stroud, it was this gentleman who did go out into the wild and he did get stranded. And in fact, he served as his own cameraman. So he would set up the camera, he'd walk back and he would 
film his scene and then he'd pick up the camera again. And there were even times where they would show him doing that. Much respect for Les Stroud. I don't know where he is today, but they certainly didn't give him another show. Um, maybe we and we might just have to go looking for it. So I, Josh and I are really big The Amazing Race fans. And The Amazing Race has not been on since 2017. 2018 I think uh was the last season I'm pretty sure 2017 and we've watched every season and we binge it it is tv comfort food it's different than somebody feed Phil, which is my favorite tv comfort food ever uh and but it but it is that we can re- we can really get into it get into the teams get into the challenges and so eco race if you're not familiar was apparently this thing and I, I don't I don't know. They keep saying, they keep referring to in the show that, you know, oh, this this was around 17 years ago or this or that. But I'm afraid to Google it. I refuse to Google it because of spoilers. Well, we only have two episodes left. So Still, you'll be able to Google it by tomorrow. So we've been binging it. Well, I know. But, but invariably, if we get into a show... Um, it gets spoiled for me because I, I because go... Because you go looking for no, things. No, I, I don't. Even when I don't go looking for... I'll be checking the weather on weather.com. It'll say it'll be sunny and, and 95. And did you hear who got kicked off Survivor last night? It was Sanjaya. And so <laughs> things are spoiled all the time. You cannot escape it in our world. So we're not Googling the Eco Challenge, but what we have surmised from listening to them talk in the Eco Challenge is in the newest one is this is the first one in 17 years. But it was a, apparently a really big deal, and there are American teams, but most of the really strong teams seem like they're coming from New Zealand and Australia and Spain and, well, Canada, too. Um, but I don't think it's this great big American sport that I know of, but maybe it is. There are a lot of American teams. Well, there are a lot of American teams, but the American teams, a lot, some of them did do eco racing, but some of them were saying, well, we're, we're, we do iron men um competitions and so we're going to do this or i'm a trail rider or i'm this nobody was like i'm an i'm an ego athlete and in some of these other other countries were and so they they get dropped off in fiji and they have 11 days to finish this course and it is is produced by the producer of survivor mark burnett uh what i'm going to say to you is that mark burnett really likes his tiki torches because when it, we did actually see who won, who placed first, they showed that about episode seven when there's 10 episodes because you still wait. There's there's 66 teams and you wait and see who you kind of really fall for these teams and, and really root for them and who is going to finish the race, even though they were never really contenders because apparently there are pro racers elite racers and then there are people who are just doing it for different reasons so we do know who finished and they came in at night the tiki torches were lit there was a wooden platform and it was very survivor and they went straight into tribal council yes and uh so but it's been a really fun weekend binge we started it last night yeah we started it friday night okay we started at Friday night, and um, so we've done seven episodes so far. We did try to watch it this afternoon, but it's really hard to watch when the three-year-old is running around wanting to sing about the the dwarf planets, and and so Himea and Maki Maki and the Eco Challenge don't really mix. I will tell you that I think one of the reasons why I'm I'm engaged in this show is they they do a really good job, as you said, introducing the characters and really getting into their backstories. 
But that's easy to do because this isn't like Survivor. This isn't like The Amazing Race. It's just them racing. So there's no puzzles or no intrigue. As far as that's concerned, it's just let's watch these people do this incredibly difficult. Um, I don't even know. It was like an 11. They're, they're slated to do it for 11 days. It's incredibly difficult uh, traversing the country or the island of Fiji. And all you can do is get to know the people. And I love I love that. I love character development. I love really getting into the, the minds of the folks. And so that's why I really enjoyed the show. One of the things that we liked, too, that we had not seen in a reality show was that they they turned the camera on the camera people and had them, they interviewed the camera people. I, I assume there's two cameras with each with each team. Or you could hear the camera people asking the racers questions. And so we appreciate any kind of, any kind of show that gives you a look at the production. I think, isn't it true that, that on Survivor, the camera people weren't allowed to interact with the, the the contestants i don't know one of those shows if they got hurt they weren't the camera people weren't allowed to do anything and in fact there was a, a one section of this show where remember one of the the people got injured mm-hmm. by the side of the road and it didn't look like the cameraman did anything or said anything now i don't mm-hmm. know if that's true but to me that's that bugs me i'd rather see the cameraman or woman actually i should say camera person mm-hmm Say hey, are you doing okay? It looks like you split your helmet in half. Y'all right? And I'm from the feel that I got from the show. They probably did, but also so much of it's editing that you're I not. I know. I'm surprised that, see it, but that yeah. since they made a point of showing the camera people before, they didn't there. So I don't know what yeah. happened. There's one team from the states that's really particularly touching for me. There is, and this is not a spoiler by any means. There's a team, they're called Team Endurance, I think is their name. And they are a, a, there's a father, a son, and then two of the son are family friends or something, I think. And the father is in his 60s. He is, is has been an eco-adventure racer, whatever they call themselves, for decades. But he was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And so his son, who is an elite racer and could have competed with another team and really made a, a, a run for the title, decided to race with his dad. And his dad, it's been, my dad had Alzheimer's. My mom had dementia. She didn't have Alzheimer's, but still we were we dealt with cognitive um, decline with both of my parents. And so watching this is really just it's very touching it's very hard in some places to watch um but it's amazing what the body does and what muscle memory does because it's i mean he this is what he's done for his whole life and watching his body still do some really really difficult things it's been pretty amazing i like it i'd recommend it yeah, so that's the thing. We've been looking for something to binge. So if you have something that you've been binging that um, you think fits into the category of TV comfort food for you, uh, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you we should watch. Podcast Network. 
So I just wanted to take a minute, just hold some space to say something that maybe a lot of you have been thinking or need to hear, or I just need to say it, but parenting is not for the faint of heart. And I am feeling that particularly strongly this weekend, uh, tonight in particular. Our kids have been back, our two middle kids have been back to school for a week now, and forcing eighth grade math homework is not any type of fun. Uh, we got there, we did it, and but it was it was a fun and exciting time, even though I just said it wasn't any type of fun. And then the three-year-old is also particularly challenging. Like when I say, please don't do this, and he looks straight at me and does it anyway. Um, I, I know that I should be framing it in the positive, please do this instead of please don't do this. But they just, it's just been a hard, it's just been hard and and it's stressful, and we're adding that on top of all the other stress. So I just wanted to say that parenting's hard. Hang in there, parents. We are all doing the best that we can. And there's this, I don't remember if I've talked about it on the show or not, but there's this concept of being good enough in in parenting um, pedagogy. And so it's it's the idea that your child does not need you to be perfect. They just need you to be good enough. And I think a lot of us don't give ourselves the grace to be good enough. We are trying. If like if you are trying and you are loving on them and if you lose your patience, you acknowledge that you lose your patience. You can apologize for losing your patience. You can hold them accountable for their own actions. But just just be really just own up that it, you know, that it's hard. And sometimes I have just said, I don't know how to parent you right now. Now I have said that to the three-year-old and it doesn't really matter. Um, but it's, it's led to some good engaging conversations. So I just, I wanted to say, you don't have to be perfect. You just need to be good enough. And I'm, I'm saying that for myself too. So thanks for holding that space for me. You are good enough. You're exceptional. No, I'm not exceptional. I'm good Don't enough. let you tell you that you aren't good enough. Thank you. My closing thought for you is that this weekend was a weekend of haircuts. Well, haircut for one of the children. The other one just kept telling us he needed a haircut. That would be the youngest one. But also our uh, our very special canine family member. You are, you hear us talking about the, the Wilson pup a lot. But I don't know if we've ever said, but the dog's name is Wilson. His name is Wilson Wilson. So Wilson Wilson... Got a haircut because we're You know, he's underage. I don't think that you should be giving his name. (laughs) Wilson, do I have your permission to give your name? So we're not taking him to the groomer. Minors can't give consent. Okay. Not taking... Well, he's technically 35. Um, Not taking him to the groomer. Dog years. He's five, seven, 35. Math. I could do it. And I did it with the eighth grader tonight. Um, We're not taking him to the groomer right now just because of quarantine and everything and so we have some clippers and Josh gave him a cut and he needed it because he was shedding everywhere and he's a he's a Jack Russell mix but he is is short white hair but he's he sheds a lot and so I was thinking he's probably hot so he got a haircut and I'm just wondering if he knows that his hair is is different lengths in different parts of his body and if he feels any sort of shame about that so that's all I don't think I've seen dog shame and I think I've seen his dog shame and I don't think that he has dog shame over this. I don't think he has a dog shame. He's had dog shame before. If he's chewed something or peed on something or pooped on something, he's he expresses sufficient shame. 
or just annoyance that we've said something to him. But he's not a cat. He no. <laughs> so yes. So Wilson Wilson is um, sporting a, a fun new haircut that we might put out on the socials. Probably not. It's it's of varying lengths. I didn't do a great job. See, I do my own hair, and if you know what I look like, you know that what that means is is that I have no hair. And so I'm the one who cut the dog's hair. Now, the dog still does have some. His head and his tail have hair. It's really fun to rub my hand along his back. And then it's like, you're making short, short, the, short, short, no, fuzzy. Yes. But you're making them think that, that he is nude. He is not nude. No, it's just really short. He's got a buzz cut. He does. He does. Which you also try to talk the children into. But really, he's the only one that, that will allow you to do a buzz cut. The only reason is because it's so easy to take care of. And also that means that the next haircut can be months down the road. And I'm convinced that that's why my dad gave me a buzz cut when I was a kid. It's just because he couldn't be bothered. Not that he's the one who ever cut my hair, but I think that he just wanted it to be done for six months and then let it grow out. And then we'll go do it again. Bada bing, bada boom, done. So the 13 year old has decided that she wants to get into like uh altering adapting existing clothes she wants to get into designing so we we've started thrifting and we spent last weekend and this weekend going to different thrift stops around town we went to one today that is a retro thrift shop and the things that she picks out i could not have been given 50 dollars in in an hour and said go pick out things that she would pick out because the things that she is picking out I'm pretty sure used to belong to residents and long-term care facilities. I know that they did because somebody's name was written in black Sharpie on the back of one of the cardigans we bought today. And she has vision and bless her. So we're going to, we're going to get some, we've got a machine. We're going to get some sewing classes and um, try to try to uh, facilitate this budding uh, project runway designer. But yeah, I saw some really interesting clothes today. Probably they belong to you in the 70s. <laughs> that will do it for today. Thanks for listening on our goofiness. And um, please do check us out at Wilson's underscore do on Twitter. We are at 112 followers, friends. So thanks for being there. And um, thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music that is playing even right now is called Una Manada Dorada by Silva de Alegria. The interstitial music, as always, is by Andrew Wilson. We are a part of a network of local podcasts that I think you should check out. When I say local, I mean Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida. So go to imagineville.com and listen to some of the other podcasts there. And Imagineville is spelled I M A G N V I L L E. Until next week, be safe, be happy, wear a mask. Be somebody's Lakendra. Bye.
can I just express to you, if you could see pictures of me as a child and what they put on me, like it was the 70s anyway, but the things that I wore, the power clashing that I participated in, you would understand that I had to be and I was clueless about how I looked. I don't think that I looked at a mirror. Now, I've, I say this because I've seen pictures and I I'm, I'm don't remember looking at that in a mirror. Cute in the same way that E.T. was cute. <laughs>